Please stand with me as you are able in body or in spirit as we listen to these words from the Gospel of John. Here Jesus comforts his disciples. Do not let your hearts be troubled. Trust in God. Trust also in me. In my Father's house are many rooms. If it were not so, I would have told you. I am going there to prepare a place for you, and if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come back and take you to be with me, that you also may be where I am. You know the way to the place where I am going. Thomas said to him, Lord, we don't know where you are going, so how can we know the way? Jesus answered, I am the way and the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. If you really knew me, you would know my Father as well. From now on, you do know him and have seen him. Philip said, Lord, show us the Father, and that will be enough for us. Jesus answered, don't you know me, Philip, even after I have been among you for such a long time? Anyone who has seen me has seen the Father. How can you say, show us the Father? Don't you believe that I am in the Father and that the Father is in me? The words I say to you are not just my own. Rather, it is the Father living in me who is doing his work. Believe me when I say that I am in the Father and the Father is in me, or at least believe on the evidence of the miracles themselves. I tell you the truth. Anyone who has faith in me will do what I have been doing. He will do even greater things than these because I am going to the Father. And I will do whatever you ask in my name so that the Son may bring glory to the Father. You may ask me for anything in my name and I will do it. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. One of the benefits of being a lay servant is that when you preach, when you're asked to preach, you do not have to follow the lectionary. It's not a requirement. Um, I usually try to, because otherwise I'd only preach on 1 Corinthians 13 all the time, because I like that. <laughs> and it's easy to preach on stuff you like. You know? um, the, the Romans that's in the lectionary this, this, for this week was pretty much uh, Paul telling the Romans that the Jews and the Christians should be nice to each other. I didn't have a lot to say about that because that's right. And so with the death of my family this week, last week, um, it's been a little emotional. And I thought about this passage. We did not use it in the funeral because where, where have you heard this passage most? At funerals, yes? That's where we hear it all the time. I have prepared a room for you. And so I thought I'd like to take it and bring it here today for us to ponder a little bit outside of a funeral service. Okay? Because it's not usually interpreted at a funeral, it's usually just read by someone with, at a high level of emotion at the time. Um, there is comfort. There's a lot of comfort in this passage. Um, I've always been struck by the, I have prepared, there are many rooms in my father's house. I have gone and go, I'm going to prepare a room for you. I will come back and get you and time and bring you to this place that has been prepared especially for you. That, that's comforting. It's comforting to know that um, 
We are, we are awaited and been prepared for and are welcomed into the next part of our uh, spiritual existence. Um, and Jesus, that Jesus has personally done this for us, I find a comfort in that. But as usual, the disciples, gotta love them. Um, Thomas and Philip are perplexed and confused. <laughs> and I always, I was, I was been thinking a few, for a few days, well, if they weren't perplexed and confused and completely understood it, then we wouldn't have Jesus explain it for the next few paragraphs, right? <laughs> so I, the disciples are we. We are the disciples. We are confused and perplexed. And so thank, thank God for the disciples so they can be our perplexion and confusion for us so we get good explanations. Or sometimes, and I think in this case a little bit, some confusion in the explanation. So, but Jesus begins with reassurance, which is reassuring, you know. Um, but both Thomas and Philip, they continue to be troubled. Thomas first says straight out, we don't know. We don't know. We don't know where you're going. We don't know how to stay on or find the path or the trail. It feels like Thomas is saying, Jesus, get real, please. We don't have much time. Remember, this is, this is happening um, after the Last Supper in, in, in the Gospel of John. John's got some different timings than the synoptic Gospels. Thomas and Philip are both puzzled about how to follow, how to spot the trail, and when they don't know where Jesus is going or what the Father looks like. And they have anxiety about being left alone. And I think this is good. This is why this is a major funeral passage, not only for the preparing of a place, but the terror of being alone, having, having a beloved uh, leave us. Jesus is leaving them. They're scared. Jesus moves away from talk about his going away and returning to asking them to trust. Some trust. Trust me, trust in me, believe in me. And that he and the Father are one. And to see Jesus is to see the Father. And they have seen Jesus' face, they've heard his voice, and even more importantly, they've seen what he did, all his works. That should be enough. To know Jesus is to know the Father. And I'm very struck that Jesus is kind of explaining that he, he and the Father are, are one, are the same. This is two parts of the Trinity. Okay. The Holy Spirit shows up later at Pentecost. Jesus promises, I will send the Holy Spirit to you to, to uh, gird you up and maintain you in your life here. So there's comfort then that, that Jesus and the Father are one, one and the same. And we can take uh, happiness in that. And there are always those among us who's Prayers have gone unanswered, whose hearts have been broken. Again, that's why I think we hear this at a funeral. Okay. Whose trust shattered by Jesus' failure to keep this promise. And I, I, some people get, oh, Jesus, you didn't do this. I don't, I've never taken it that way. In our, in our world, I really believe that well, we just don't have the big picture. What is it in, in 1 Corinthians 13, the one I like to do a lot, we look through a glass darkly. We have yet to know. Okay, Jesus is assuring us here that, that there's a future for us. We come up with things to explain this about not having our prayers answered and maybe in the way we think they should be. But we have to trust and believe in 
Jesus and the Father, that the larger picture will be what it should be in, in that way. There's a promise in verse 14. All we can do is pray our heart's desire. Like Thomas and Philip, there's room in this relationship between us and the Trinity and God for honest acknowledgement of our confusion, acknowledgement about our lack of power and our frustration when our requests seem to go unheard. But since Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life, the true door into where life abounds, in all the places where truth and life are served, we will see him. So I encourage you, during the week, reread this. In whatever translation you have, the message is quite interesting version. Um, and be comforted. Amen. Thank you.